Anyways, Daniel, where's your championship? It looks so good on you. Yeah. Uh, I actually left it back at the hotel. I usually Aww. don't carry it around with me. But you know, if Derek wins NXT, he and I could be the next WWE Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Two championships. Great. I like it. Excuse me, Bree. Uh -huh. Do you know that you share the same name as my second favorite cheese? Oh, right after Go. Oh, that's very charming. Thank you. Oh, are you, are you wearing wrestling boots? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Wow. Who are you? Daniel, thank you so much for sending me that text after uh, my match the other night. Yeah, you're so welcome. Text you're message? Welcome. really made my day. I didn't get a text message, Daniel. Oh, no, I guess no, it was mine. I sent you a text message. Oh, I'm sure he was no, 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 thinking no, no. about I, me, I can prove it to you. I sent you a text message. He's going to show me right now that he sent me. Right? Looks like two baby pigs fighting in a gunny sack. You got a nice wiggle? <laughs> the future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy, Nando O'Brien. Hanging out with El Truth. If it's cold outside, just raise the roof. I don't give a crap. All I want to do is run up and give dap to me and my crew. Mm. That's a... Special shout out to all of our homies out in Texas, hoping they uh, they get better soon. <laughs> good, good pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Yes, uh, this is, uh, dude. I think hopefully we're on a roll with with the episodes that we're doing because. I think we're two for two going in from the last episode of 2010 and the first episode of 2011 that if they if this is a good episode then I think it's the first time that we've had like three solid episodes when you because I can't remember the last time there's been like three solid episodes you know I feel like it's you're right you might be right I think it's usually like two mm -hmm. it'll be too hot and then like a stinker yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Aw." laughs> it, it literally just kind of like drags down like i i before we started recording i i had my scores i'm like okay if if uh if you can give me if you can swing me on some aspects i might even be able to 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 update them so we'll, we'll see how this one goes i i i have a feeling that this may also keep the the it might be the hat trick, as they call it. So we'll see. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, can't can't forget about the hat trick. Yeah. Um, before we started uh, recording, we started kind of like just chit chatting about gaming in uh, in pro wrestling, and we kind of noticed that yeah, like it's kind of having somewhat of a renaissance. And what's interesting is that none of them are WWE games, which is the the irony of everything, you know. You know, that's like the crazy thing about it, because at one point, like, that's where all the good games came from, mm -hmm. like was oddly enough, it was like just WWE games coming out. You had like your No Mercies coming out and then you had SmackDown, but they were kind of running concurrently, right? Mm -hmm. For a little bit. What what was also interesting, because I was I was watching this other YouTuber who just reviews like wrestling video games. And at one point there was like maybe three or four different WWE licenses as far as like separate series because you had, yeah, the SmackDown series on PlayStation. Then you had, uh, the day of reckoning on, on the yeah. game, on the GameCube, And then you had raw on Xbox and then you had Xbox. Yep. I played those. Yeah. There was another was, one. Nope. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a fourth one, but I just can't. Oh, the the TNA one. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're just talking about like 
wrestling like overall games. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. That was that was the point where, like, yeah, granted, like three of them were from WWE, but just to know that there was four separate game engines out there uh, was kind of crazy when you really think about it. Like how much, like how popular the the wrestling games were at one point. You know, I actively played two out of those four. Mm-hmm. I was in. I got into those raw games. Like they played bad. Mm. The gameplay was good enough to play through the matches, but the the bread and butter of that game was the creative player and making the entrance. Oh, okay. Because on the Xbox, the Xbox was essentially a hard drive. Yeah. So you would take all your CDs oh, and just yeah, yeah, rip yeah. them onto your Xbox. So then by the time you're on this like wrestling game creating your player, you got so much music to like choose from. Yeah, yeah. And then the way they had it in that game, like it was really simple to take fireworks from like like the wrestlers' fireworks or like to take the wrestlers like lights and then like their entrances and like the different lasers and stuff. Yeah. And it was pretty easy to put stuff together, but then it was still intricate enough to where you could time it kind of like if you wanted to time things to match in your real songs that are like that you imported from like the Xbox to kind of go with the fireworks that you were all setting up. Yeah. And then the gameplay was simple enough and like not so terrible to where you didn't want to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then it was still quirky and hilarious enough in like the story mode or like the the universe or season mode that mm-hmm. it was like, all right, this is so ridiculous that they don't even do stuff like that in real wrestling like you could ambush mm-hmm. somebody and then essentially it's like all you would do is drop a crate from them from somewhere on top of their head like backstage and it was hella funny but either you would do that and sometimes you would miss and then like it would make your like your reputation drop or something yeah, like that yeah, but yeah. then if you got them your reputation would go up if you were a heel it was pretty intricate and stupid at the same time yeah 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 because i yeah, I, I never owned like it. I, technically, I've never owned an Xbox system in my whole life. Um, but the um, the SmackDown series, I still played them up to a certain point. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I pretty much owned every wrestling GameCube game when it came to like the WrestleManias. And then when they transitioned over to the Day of Reckoning series. Uh, so those are my main ones. And yeah, it's kind of cool seeing like how how much love the wrestling uh twitch slash youtube community is now giving back to those games because kind of the same thing like i literally heard the same thing where people really loved raw 2 and then people really loved day of reckoning 2 like those were like their favorite ones from like those mid 2000 games that came out yeah like it was just you know it wasn't the funnest and it was crazy because it wasn't about playing with other people with Mm -hmm. those games because they weren't really that good enough on like to play competitive against somebody but yeah yeah, yeah. it was dope enough to get in there and do your thing creative wise because i played day of reckoning one for sure before i transitioned from gamecube to the xbox Mm, mm -hmm. so i played that one i think i played a whole bunch of those games because then i was playing the raw versus the SmackDowns and the Raw versus SmackDowns up until they became like WWE, whatever mm-hmm. year it was. And I think I stayed with those maybe until WWE 15. Yeah, yeah. And then it was just like, oh, they're coming out every year. Nah, I can't do it. Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's the interesting part is that, of course, we all remember the golden era with the 64 games. And then we kind of moved into, yeah, like that mid 2000s era of games. And then early 2010s was mostly the raw versus smackdown slash yearly raw game or wwe games and then after that it just kind of like it depended like sometimes they came out with a good year sometimes they weren't that great and then it's been kind of the same for the last seven years uh and then now that they're taking like somewhat of a hiatus just because of how bad the last game was now it's kind of giving like other companies the ball to step up and like yeah even three games that are out now with the one we were just talking about with wrestling empire, uh, then retro mania is about to come out. And then the, I guess the console release version of like that 
ar- action arcade wrestling game is going to come there out. There we go. Action arcade wrestling. Yeah. Is essentially Chikara's game. Yeah. And then Fire Pro mm-hmm. is easily like like they pretty much broke the 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 game world by like letting you create your own moves cuz you could create any they pretty much let you do what you want in that game at this point like yeah i'm on like the fire pro reddit ridiculous bro yeah, yeah, yeah. like people will just take stuff they see on tv and just make it yeah yeah like yeah. And I'm like, bruh, it's already crazy enough that the game had this many moves. And now <laughs> you got it to where. So they had so many moves and then people just started making the characters based on the moves they had. And they damn near had all the moves you needed. Now they got it to where you got the, the people who look exactly like how they do if they were in that game. And now they got them doing the moves exactly how they would do them. So like they got people who are so good at making moves they get pretty much mimic kind of like what you see on tv but it just looks like you know like it does in fire pro and then the sprites are movable enough and i'm telling you bro i'm gonna make the e2d i just need to watch tutorials exactly on how to get started because the i kind of get the basic idea of it but it's like crazy i'm just like bro i don't even know where to start with this yeah it's just numbers and letters everywhere, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of great wrestling games, if you're into those, are coming out or already out. So I would check those out. And, yeah, depending on some future announcements, we'll see if uh, we end up crossovering, crossovering that bridge in a little bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just just a sneak preview, I guess. All right. Uh, so let's get into this week's episode, or I should say this week in 2011, <laughs> Tra- uh, traveling back. So yes, let's go over episode, or I should say, let's go over NXT episode 47, uh, episode six of season four. And this one comes from January 11th, 2011 at the BJCC venue. I have no clue what that stands for. I'll uh, I'll probably look it up later. <laughs> and it's uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. And as we kick off the show, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Where some weeks they don't really do a recap, but I'm glad that they did it for last week's episode because yeah, there was quite a lot of stuff that happened last week with the the pro battle royale and then Dolph Ziggler uh, having the opportunity to switch out like his uh his rookie at the time which was uh novak uh jacob novak and he picked uh byron saxton and then we still had an elimination that week so yeah ziggler looked like a mastermind because they ended up eliminating jacob novak uh chris masters is i guess done <laughs> for the season two <laughs> at this point <laughs> so yeah I, I thought it was uh i thought it was an important video package if people had missed last week so i it's crazy because it yes, it was a really good video package. Mm-hmm. But then I think about it retroactively. I'm like, oh man, that's not the episode that you would have wanted to miss because it was really good. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I totally agree where at that point I would have been like, oh man, like sucks that I missed last week's WWE.com broadcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess for us, the recap is really good because it's like reminders of what we just seen. So. Yeah, yeah. Very true. You know what? I think Pyro's done, man. I'm I I'm sold. I'm I think I think if we ever get surprised, there will be like a legit surprise at this point. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of dangerous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like think about live shows back then. Like, all right, you know, what if you had like heart problems and you didn't know there was fireworks mm. and they're like, oh yeah, you know what WWE events are safe to go to now, and then like they don't tell you that it's fireworks today. Boom. You know what? You're actually really right and i i think aew from uh from what i heard when they first started i heard that they actually were being very supportive about stuff like that where they Ooh. i think they did give people like warnings on like their ticket or like when you got to the arena they were making like explicit signs for it and i think they also had it where if you were like suffering from any kind of uh medical condition that like would affect you from doing it but you still wanted to see the show 
I think I don't know if you had to buy them or if they would give you like the like kind of like oh like the oh tight yeah yeah the yeah. earmuffs or yeah, like yeah those yeah. type of like headphones yeah 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 and then I think they also did it too where I guess all the lasers and lights that they have for the show I think it's under some kind of different like lighting scheme where it's doing the same effect but it also helps people who have like ep- epilepsy and other other oh. other conditions so they're being they're being very accessible which i think is really awesome and yeah like you make a good point with that where like a lot of these shows that we've been to definitely don't uh i've never have never given those warnings before hell no you never got no warning when kane was coming out bro you'd just be sitting there mid-conversation and something blows up yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) like we we we're already conditioned to watching it from weekly tv and it still scares us like what does that tell you about like the casual fan i mean i know there's been a fair number of times we've gone to live events and kane's come out and i've almost crapped myself yeah yeah, yeah. it's (laughs) real stories yeah (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, in the ring, so um, after we getting our after we didn't get any pyro, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> striker Striker brings all the guys out to the ring for, or actually no, um, Striker brings out the guys to the stage because he's mm-hmm. got the pros in the ring and they're going to do a slingshot challenge. So what this is is they had a slingshot set up like at the ring so you know like when they throw t-shirts at the warrior game mm-hmm, exactly yeah so basically they had the pros in the ring and they were going to slingshot t-shirts over to the rookies at the top of the stage at the ramp and whoever caught the most <laughs> at the end of the the time allotted was going to be the winner yeah so we start off with Byron Saxon had a dope shirt. He just had like a, it was like Best Buy inspired, mm-hmm. but it said, what is it? It said Byron Saxon. Yeah, it just said Byron Saxon. <laughs> yeah, but it was dope because, yeah, it, it pretty much like looked like the Best Buy logo, but with his name on it. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. Before you get into the scoring, I, I was just, I was just thinking to myself that this is probably the hardest challenge of them all when you really, when you really think about it, because that's, a distance and not only that like uh you have to catch it and then throw it in a bucket like that's pretty hard to do you gotta run in like wrestling boots and like wrestling boots aren't comfortable Mm -hmm. man they actually kind of suck i don't really understand them (laughs) yeah you know bravo to to guys who wrestle in wrestling boots and do it very well which is like mostly all wrestlers because wrestling boots are trash Yeah, yeah yeah But we go ahead and we get started with this uh, competition. We get my man's Johnny Curtis up first with our truth. And although on paper, you would think that the combination of them would be really good at this. They're both very athletic dudes. Thought it was going to work. Johnny Curtis didn't snag any of these mm-hmm. at the end of it. So he finishes with zero. Yeah. Next we get Bateman. And DB squared. So we got <laughs> Derek Bateman, Daniel Bryan, and Bateman manages to snag one and get get it inside the bin. Byron Saxon and Ziggy are up next, and he reels in two. Or actually, you know what? No, Bateman got three. I don't think I updated that right because he ended up winning. Uh. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he got mm-hmm. yeah, I think he got like two or three. Yeah, and he then, got three. Saxon got two. Brodus Clay got zero. I feel bad for him. Because <laughs> he Well, yeah, because like first it was Maurice like half the time trying to like Oh yeah, trying to like miss do nothing. Yeah. And then like by the time uh DiBiase gets up there, he doesn't really get any reps to try to shoot it up there. And like Brothers is up there just looking angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Connor, he caught two. Yeah. But got one in the basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one that he caught was a really good catch. <laughs> it was. That was probably the the best one from the um from the group, actually, because he actually Cause caught it, caught it. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only one that got caught that didn't hit like the Titan Tron first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
although he had the the highlight catch there, <laughs> he did not get the win. Oh, man, Connor only comes down with one back in the basket. Derek Bateman wins this particular competition. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, all of his, like we said, like he caught all of those off the backboard. So it seems like he kind of like got more of an into the rhythm of getting rebounds. Derek Bayman's a smart one. He is a very smart, smart cat in this season. <laughs> and then we go um, backstage with our homie Ricardo Rodriguez. <laughs> and he's making a call. And then, uh, but he's making a call in Spanish. Yeah. And then they give us subtitles at the bottom. Sí, hola. Estoy hablando acerca de un anuncio que vi. ¿Me pueden ayudar? Tengo un problema. Con una rata. Una rata enorme. Como lo odio. Apestoso y feo. ¿Me pueden ayudar, por favor? Now, let me kick it over to you for authenticity of the call. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I watched this and first of all, before I get into the, uh, legitimacy of, of, of this phone call, <laughs> the, the strange part about this is that WWE has done subtitles before, but what was weird about this one is that they look like karaoke lyrics where it was so pre-recorded where whatever he was saying it was it was actually saying the correct translation, but the way that they were doing the words for some reason, like the bars were like being highlighted, like if it was like a karaoke song, mm. and it was just very very odd. Like it was very distracting because I it made it seem like you were supposed to sing along, even though it was supposed. It's just it's just subtitles for like what he was saying. Uh, so he was legit saying all these correct things. It was translated correctly. The only thing that they didn't translate was his last sentence, but it wasn't anything uh, too important. It was just saying like, uh, if he if they could help him out, and that was it. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, he was saying like, I got a really big rat. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he was he was legitimately saying all these things where he was like, yeah, I had a big rat problem. Uh, I need someone to come out here and like get rid of it and everything. There we go. He's I have a big rat problem. <laughs> Like a stinky, stinky rat or something like that. Uh, I forget. Like, <laughs> but I can, I can say that they were correct with the localization. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, so yeah. After that, then we go directly to a commercial break, and yeah. So Connor is actually in the ring already with um with his pro Del Rio going up against Byron Saxon. And this is actually, uh, so we already know what the main event is from our uh, announcement last week, but this match actually caught me off guard because when you kind of look at it on paper, these two probably have the most momentum going into this week because you have um, O'Brien with like a victory from last week, I think. And then you have Mm -hmm. Byron Saxton also with a victory from last week. And Byron Saxton is kind of like, the golden boy at this point because like he he got picked by del rio so mm-hmm. like both of these guys kind of had a lot at stake to prove with this matchup um to start off the match yeah like i think you and i both had like similar notes where it was funny hearing the commentators kind of like go back and forth of like how much connor or i should say how much the commentators enjoyed how much connor thought he was a real life rat or something like that like they just kept going back and forth of like you know he you know he they were basically just telling a lot of like rat puns and rat like yeah Yeah, yeah, there we go yeah apparently he like he uh he only sleeps during the day (laughs) and he eats he eats only cheese yeah so they were really building up the fact that he's living like the persona which is very very half k-ish of him <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and yeah like this one this one was kind of interesting because they're both tall guys I, like we had mentioned before all all six guys really were really tall tall guys but yeah they kind of started off the match a little bit slower where it was just a lot of like rest holds before like they eventually went to commercial break and everything um so there wasn't as much to kind of follow in the first half of the match but um, the commentators still did a good job to kind of like remind everybody about the importance of like last week's elimination 
and that there will be like another elimination next week. So at least like wherever there was like slower parts in the match, the commentators are still kind of like picking up like uh, the storytelling part of it or at least reminding you like the important facts about the the show. Um, but then, yeah, like out of nowhere, like Saxton hit like a really nice reversal and did like I'm just going to follow your notes here, too, where he kind of did like a Russian bulldog, which uh, which looked pretty good. Like uh, that's what I'm just going to call it now, because he sets up his bulldog from the Russian leg sweep all the time. So yeah. Russian bulldog. yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's uh, I think that's fair to call it that because, yeah, it's not like a traditional bulldog, but it's not a Russian leg sweep. So Russian bulldog. Russian bulldog. <laughs> We're just gonna do it like how they name like hybrid dogs. So yeah, like <laughs> hey something. man, that's that's how uh that's how Excalibur does it on AEW. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly how he names moves. Like if it's not a signature <laughs> move, he'll just like kind of what it generally looks like and what you know it kind of resembles. And it's like I like that, bro. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the commentators, uh Josh goes more into like the lore of NXT where. He says since he's been here all four seasons, he said that like what's interesting is that he's never seen like a pro rookie team hang out outside of work. And other than like Daniel Bryan and Derek Bateman later on in the show, he's kind of right. Because when you think about it, all the other times they're on NXT or they could be on Raw or SmackDown, but that technically is still work. Uh, Mm. So they haven't really. Yeah, they haven't said anything about like. Or at least that I can remember about saying like, oh, yeah, like our truth and David Otunga went to like a rap recording session or something like that. Like it's, it's that's a good point. Yeah. So he made a good point there. And I was like, oh, that's 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 good that they're adding to the lore and also helping out, I guess, Daniel Bryan and Derek Bateman on the stuff that do that they do later on in the show as well. Um, and then from there we have uh, Connor. Yeah, he was in a submission hold by uh saxton and he did like a really nice like back headbutt escape to kind of get out of the submission hold but then uh byron saxton kind of did like that catapult move from the uh from the corner as well yeah yeah catapult there we go yeah yeah so a lot of that they actually do that a lot throughout the season where they use like the catapult in different variations so um it's kind of interesting that that seems like it's a fundamental move is my guess that maybe the catapult is this season's like <laughs> maybe not the most dangerous move, but it's like the setup move. Yeah. 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 Cause we see it. We've seen it a lot already throughout the season. Mm, so yeah, it's valid. Yeah. Um, we had a nice kind of like fury from, uh, Byron Saxton, but then yeah, out of, out of nowhere, like from the corner, uh, Connor kind of just delivers his, his finisher, the, uh, full Nelson slam, and picks up the win at 620 and yeah like it i think that they had like a decent match but i think what was interesting is yeah like i wasn't i wasn't sure about the chemistry with these two just because like i i forgot that they were going to have a match together and i don't know if it's just because of like them maybe not having like previously worked together or just like their body frames being a little bit different but yeah it just seemed like the match never got to go into like full full gear at any point where um there was a lot of submission submission holds in the beginning and then there were some like attacks but it never felt like consistent like chain wrestling or like a sequence and i think that's why like i still thought the match was good but definitely maybe a step below compared to like some of the matches that we've seen in the in the last few weeks from from what i remember yeah i agree like when i was watching it um i looked down i looked back up i looked down looked back up like a couple of times and i was like man this is like they're at a steady kind of like slow grindy kind of pace but there's like not too much it never like you said like it never got going and stayed going like it got going for a little bit and then they slowed down with some more rest holds and then it was like catapult reversal and it like finish and it was like boom out of nowhere yeah, yeah even though the match was still what it was like six minutes yeah and, yeah, yeah and 20 seconds like it the finish was abrupt out of nowhere but it was still a a long time of a match almost exactly yeah i mean for nxt standards of what we were used to yeah yeah exactly so, so yeah i think that was the that was the only thing I, I had with this matchup but other than that like hopefully yeah we'll see how much they can kind of uh 
find chemistry together in like future matchups. So after that, then we have our first backstage promo with Bateman and Brian, where they uh they're kind of just discussing the the double date that they I guess technically already had because this from the graphic that they show later on they said like this happened after Monday Night Raw, but they're in current present time, so they're, they kind of just go over like the the double date and then B- Bateman is like in his suit jacket, but he's wearing like these American like <laughs> weightlifting pants. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. and, and even Brian kind of calls him out and he says like, I, th- I thought I told you to dress up. And he's like, I am dressed up. <laughs> so he's just like, he's just being like silly Bateman. And I think he even throws something like, like a jab at, uh, at Michael Hayes by saying he's like from Backstreet USA. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I forgot how he brought it up, but he he mentioned like, oh, he said, "What'd you get those pants from?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Backstreet USA. <laughs> right. So a nod to uh, Michael Hayes there, uh, and then yeah, Brian is just feeling a little bit awkward about the date because yeah, he he knows like the Bellows, of course, are sisters and they're coworkers, so he's just kind of like a little bit worried about it. Bateman says something about them like both being like wilder or like one of them being a wilder beast. <laughs> and then Brian asks, like, which one is the wilder beast? And then Bateman says, Oh, you'll find out in due time. So by that logic, does that mean that Brie Bella is the wilder beast of, of the Bellas? <laughs> yes. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> but I think what he means is just that she's the one that's more herbivorous than right than the other <laughs> yeah because wildebeest are herbivores and she married a vegan mm. <laughs> very interesting i didn't think about that <laughs> that there may be some weird logic there <laughs> come on come on <laughs> uh but yes and then <laughs> I think the last comment for for that segment was uh, I think Bateman called him called Brian a ladies man, and then he said because your mother told me, and then like it was weird because it was I think it was supposed to be like a legit compliment, but the, even the fans were kind of like oh, and then Brian was like don't don't ever say that or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was it was not meant to be like an insult, but I think the way he had said it like the fans just kind of like took it as like a, a negative, uh, a negative response. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after that, we go to commercial and when we come back, we have another rookie challenge. Uh, this one is the NXT superstar password challenge, AKA charades, which they just, they just can't say the word charades is pretty much uh, the, the workaround for this. <laughs> is charades a, like the, trademark name i i think it is i think it's i think it's both i think it's like technically an open name but i think it's also either like a like a brand uh because uh i'm pretty sure they would have just called it like nxt rookie charades or something like that but um for them to just call it the superstar password challenge i i think that's probably why they kind of just modified it there (laughs) such an elaborate name i know uh so this challenge is actually worth two immunity points which is kind of weird because they've already broke their rules twice already where they said like the physical challenge would take two points but this one isn't a physical challenge so i think they just kind of gave up on that whole concept uh and then yeah so pretty much like if anyone's ever played charades it's literally where like the pro and rookies are te- are teaming together. The rookie has a card of a superstar, and then they have to kind of like just mimic or say a similar word to kind of like give the the pro a, an opportunity to guess the superstar. And of course, they can't say the word of, of the of the of the answer, and, and that's it. Um, so not much happened. I, I just kind of had like some highlights here where um, they had uh, Johnny Curtis, where they had. Uh, Johnny Curtis and R Truth go first. Uh I believe they I believe they only got one or two, correct, from the Oh, I oh before I before I start this one. This one was also kind of weird because they had um they've had the clock for previous challenges, even the 
the slingshot one where that one was 30 seconds. And this one to me, I felt like some of them got like a lot of time and some of them got like shorter time to kind of like go through their, their round. It just felt like really unbalanced from, from my end. And, um, cause this one with Johnny Curtis and r felt really, really long. And I think then the one with, um, I forget who it was. One of them just felt like really, really short where, they legit like tried and they only got like two answers right but they were only able to get like two two kind of like charades out of it which was kind of weird uh yeah it's yeah it seemed very obvious that they were kind of almost running at different times i feel like they didn't have the um from what i remember they didn't have the clock displayed either yeah yeah so that's why it just felt kind of weird that they um they weren't really giving them the same amount of time compared to the other challenges, which always had the stop clock and everything. Uh, so yeah, the, the funny one came where like uh, Johnny Curtis had a, a card that said Tyson kid, but it was literally at the last seconds where he couldn't get it in. But the only description that he said was like, this superstar has really, really bad hair. And then he said, uh, this superstar has bald hair. And then, after the buzzard and our truth is like, oh, it's Dolph Ziggler, right? And like, he got like a good pop, <laughs> good good pop from like the crowd and everything. Uh, and Johnny Curtis was like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot that he reacted in the background too. Yeah, that that was a good one, just to kind of like pop everybody. Um, and then yeah, Byron Saxton, he, uh, I believe he also also got two with Ziggler. The last one he was trying to struggle with was uh, JTG and just couldn't get it out there uh Derek Bateman and Daniel Bryan go next what was interesting about theirs is that Bateman was being such a good sport about his because the first one he was supposed to like get uh Bryan to say Kane but then Derek Bateman accidentally said the word Kane but no one corrected him on it so like but Bateman didn't cheat he literally said oh uh just like buzz me and like so like no one was paying attention like so he could have actually just like cheated and got like Brian. Could have four. He could have had four points, but like he is a good guy. He actually played by the rules and even corrected himself. Daniel, your rookie and double date partner is Derek Bateman. Derek, you're in the lead, and this is worth two immunity points. On your mark, get set, go. All right, he was the uh, former world champion before Kane beat him. <laughs> I said Kane, buzz me. <laughs> buzz. Oh. Uh, he is a uh, very very white human jar of man. Seamus. Boom. Uh, he is tiny. He Ray Mysterio. To, he's tiny and he used to hang out uh, backstage Horn in swaggle. the trash. Boom. Hey, easy. Uh, he is from Cleveland. He uh, was your pro on NXT. Miz. Sucks, doesn't he? Oh, the one guy you just said. Steve Blackman. Uh, no, no, that is three. <laughs> Very entertaining. You are in the lead. Lady Derek Papa has nothing on us. We're the real geniuses. That's great. I like the reference. Chicks in America. These guys are dorks. I, I think they were celebrating too where like Todd Grisham had called them like dorks, which I thought was really funny coming from from Todd Grisham. <laughs> All right. Takes one to know one. Yeah. And then we have uh Brodus and Ted DiBiase. Again, Maurice basically kind of distracts both Brodus and uh DiBiase here where um she's not taking the challenge seriously and like and pretty much cost him their round. Uh what was what's funny is like I know he's done it throughout all the weeks but I think I noticed it more in this challenge where Brodus really has like a good like pissed off face like he he sells it really well like it makes it seem like dude I don't want to mess with this guy like he ain't selling nothing yeah yeah that's legit him. <laughs> it's just true yeah what he, he's like uh what do you say snake oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> snake <laughs> used to be in a group with him. <laughs> I know that was the best one. He oh, was yeah. like, you used, used to hang with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck. That was the best one, and like, yeah, like they, <laughs> they just were not helping him out at that point. He was just straight face, like out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so, he's he's so good in this season. Brothers Clay was good. Like Brothers Clay was good in WWE mm-hmm. for what they gave him to work with ended up being like the Funkasaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he rocked what little he was given. I think he just looked weird. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bro, I like Brodus Clay. I I can guiltily say that I was a Brodus Clay fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we'll de- we'll definitely get to him in retrospect when we kind of get closer re- closer to wrapping up the season. But yeah, like I I think I agree with especially with this season, like what what he's been showing so far in his matches. He's he's definitely like uh he's definitely up there already when it comes to like being um kind of like a veteran in the ring even though he started his career a little bit later so mm-hmm. uh, yeah he he's uh I I didn't know how old he was until right now yeah like so I just looked him up yeah yeah <laughs> he's uh 47 yeah so he was in his late 30s during this uh during oh, this season he's like one of those Batista guys yeah 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 <laughs> uh and then last but not least we have uh Connor and Del Rio. And yeah, it was kind of it's it's kind of a weird one just because like Connor has been already kind of like the the comedian of the season, so you thought this one was going to be entertaining, but it just felt really off balance where like he was trying in the beginning and then he got kind of stuck where like he kind of gave up on like the challenge because he wanted to just kind of like charm up Del Rio during the middle of it. But then Del Rio was kind of like mad and just told him to focus. Uh, so I think they only got like one from from what I remember. But yeah, like Del Rio was just really upset with him, even though that he had just gotten the victory earlier in the night. Um, it just kind of shows like the dynamic is still kind of weird where I think they're OK with each other. But it's just weird that like Connor didn't take this challenge seriously. So, yeah. Um, overall, I thought this one was a pretty decent segment. Um, not as not as enjoyable as like some of the other challenges, but I still think that it was uh it was okay compared to, to the other ones. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like it just kind of like made a little less sense than it could have. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It could have been much smoother. Yeah. All right. So we go to a commercial and then we come back to our date with DB squared and the Bella twins. So, uh, easy thing to say, Bateman is a great wingman. Oh, dude, that's exactly what I had on my notes. So I'll, I'll let you get you into know, the details here. He went in there and, uh, he pretty much put all eyes on Daniel Bryan because mm-hmm. he himself was being like a turd. Yeah. So, you know, he's being a little snot and he was like texting Daniel Bryan, like stuff to say and stuff like that. Yeah. And so he was essentially like for, you know, we're smart enough to see that he was putting him over. Yeah. You know, taking one for the team. He said, why should I have any when you can have two? That's a homie right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, <laughs> at some point he like spazzes out because something something got on his pants. Yeah, and yeah. And he was like freaking out about it. So he freaks out, flips over the table, gets ready to storms off. And he's like, here, I'll pay for the damages. Reaches in his like <laughs> jacket pocket. Yeah. Pulls out a bag of coins. Throws it at Daniel Bryan, storms off. Boom. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It was it was funny because yeah, like he he's always, like putting his feet on the table and just like being super corny with some of like the the pickup lines that he was telling the Bellas. So it, it was literally like getting him over as far as like the date is concerned, which is like, yeah, what you're supposed to do as like the best wingman. So he he definitely did his job there. <laughs> You know, even more than he needed to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What What's interesting is that I this is before the enhancement. (laughs) I should say that. uh, Yeah, that it's it's interesting that I could actually tell. Well, I I guess the reason why I brought this up is because yeah, during this part when the Bellas were arguing, they started like calling each other by their legit like names. Um, mm. so they were being kind of like half K-ish there but it's interesting that like even then I could still tell like who was who you know like I could tell like clearly who was Brie and who was Nikki based on like just like their facials and facial reactions and everything it, I don't know it's just it's just interesting how like they're identical twins but you can still tell them apart even that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, needless to say Dan, Brian, and Bree get married after this and have two kids. Yeah. So this is exactly how it started right here. Did we see it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the origins. <laughs> there it is, man. We all, we owe that relationship. Daniel Bryan coming back to wrestling. All of that to Derek Bateman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did that. 
right. Now we go to a commercial. Now we come back with our main event. Yes. Now we've got Johnny Curtis and R-Truth, a.k.a. Truth and Dance Sequences. Yes. <laughs> against Ted DiBiase with Brodus Clay and Maurice, a.k.a. Money source. What it? What? There we go. I was like, was it the cash source or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good one too. <laughs> cash is cash is source. Cash is source. It's a little hard to say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That one. That you got it. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take that one. Yeah. But, you know, because that's what they come from. So anyway, so you know, first thing I noticed in this match, both of these dudes very similar builds. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of tall, kind of lanky. Kind of like shouldery, both muscly dudes though. Yeah, good stuff. We get into it, you know. Uh, kind of at the beginning, uh, DiBiase kind of like takes takes the beginning with the takedown. You know, we get a nice series of offense from Johnny Curtis in a little bit, and then a nice snap suplex. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, then he goes on an apron and he misses like. I mean, you know, even if he would have laid there, he would have missed this, but he misses <laughs> the springboard leg drop. And then from here, DiBiase takes control. He gets him with that, like, uh, chasing, rebounding lariat thing yeah, that he yeah, does. Yeah, it's so it's like good. He whips a guy, and, like, he hits the ropes after him. The guy turns around, like, where'd he go? And he gets, like, clothesline. I don't understand how... I get how it works, and it's just good to look at. It's it's. Oh. It's weird because it's one of those moves where like you see it coming like a mile away, as they say, <laughs> but if you're always anticipating it because it looks so good. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Because I, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things in wrestling that like when you break it down in realistic fighting or whatever, yeah. it'll make no sense. But then you just think about two people having to pull that off to make it look good for you. And it's like, ah, all right. Yeah, that yeah. looks good. Yeah, exactly. There we go. That was executed well. Yeah. He's taking control here, going in on some offense. Um, I saw a very good sit-out spine buster from DiBiase. Mm-hmm. I thought that was gorgeous. Um, that was followed up by Johnny Curtis uh, with some offense. He got in a, a great Falcon arrow. Mm-hmm. That was heck of dope. And then at some point, we get... Um, we get a distraction from, like, I think it was a distraction from Maurice to the ref. And then we get DiBiase whipping Curtis to the ropes to where Brodus Clay attacks him, tries to get some cheating in, but then our truth attacks Brodus and distracts him a little bit. And then Johnny Curtis decides to go for the high impact finish <laughs> with with the roll up, getting the one two three, yeah, capitalizing on the commotion outside of the ring. So that was like, it was like, all right, so you guys is gonna try to cheat, so I'm gonna attack you for cheating, thus allowing my my rookie to get the win. Yeah, good veteran move by our truth right there. Yeah, 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 yeah I, and. He also did it in like a, it's kind of like a s- summer. It was kind of like a sunset flip version of like the the roll up too. Which yep, yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah. It looked extra, extra high impact. Yeah, <laughs> just to get that that little oomph to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a, uh, it was smart too, because like uh, they were. I guess positioning wise, they were off because they were really close to the ropes. But then you could see Johnny Curtis like grab, um grab DiBiase's most closest hand to the ropes and like curl it in yeah, to make yeah, it yeah. like make the finish look better. Yeah. I, I really like this match. And I think even last week I had brought up where since this was going to be the main event, I was very curious on like how it was going to go because of how you mentioned, like they had really similar body frames and even somewhat like their move set is not the same, but in, in, in the ballpark range of, uh, mm-hmm. of the technical kind of range. So yeah, th- it, it was exactly what I expected from it, where they had some really good sequences. Johnny Curtis, I think, somewhere in the match did his, I guess, now trademark like uppercuts too that looked like really good. Um, and yeah, I I, I like the story, the the commentators' storytelling as well because they were doing a good job of give, giving over the fact that 
in any sport that uh, a pro never wants to lose to a rookie. So I thought that like the commentary team was doing their job really well done here to to kind of play that that storytelling aspect. And uh, and yeah, even after the match, like Maurice did a a, a good job of of always healing it up literally by throwing a heel at a uh, at Brodus Clay after the matchup. So yeah, I think everyone had had done their job and based on the uh the crowd reaction to it everyone was like super into the main event which yeah i thought i thought it was well done no it was a good match it was, it was, i think it was it was a really good match mm-hmm. i enjoyed it thoroughly oh. nice awesome so that will do it for the episode uh yeah i didn't have too much because as far as fun facts i didn't have too much because we are just starting 2011 off so everything somewhat has reset and not too much when it comes to the overall records where the only fun fact that I had here is out of the total matches, which is 109 matches that we've had so far, uh, we have hit the milestone of 100 victories via pinfall. So somewhat of a, uh, someone of a, of a landmark there because based on the other matches, we've only had five submission victories still. Uh, I think fifth, like, 80% of those are about by Del Rio at this point. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then we've had uh three winners by a battle royale type and we've had one DQ. So everything else is still pretty much fallen into a pinfall victory at this point. Uh so yeah, that was the only fun fact I had for this episode. All right, so we'll kick it into our scores here and let me get that up um so i'll get started here with uh commentary so for commentary i ended up giving this a you know pretty in the middle three which like i said like for for us to give a three it's not like super middle in the road it means like they did their job and then they did like a little bit extra so i think kind of like how you mentioned in last week's episode where I think the commentators are now definitely in their groove where they're really able to bounce off of each other a lot better. And even though that nothing too crazy was happening on this episode, since it wasn't like an elimination week one, I think they still did really good job on both matchups and even on some of the challenges to kind of play up like all the storylines that all the wrestlers are or all the pairings are going through and also still hype up like, the elimination that was going to happen for next week. So I, I think they, they did a good job again this week. I'm with that. And I say that because I also went with three. Oh, nice. And it's not, a, you know, like you said, it's not a bad thing. I just feel like for me, the commentary did really good of filling in the blanks mm-hmm. of like, kind of like gaps of action yeah so like especially in that first match with a lot of rest holds and stuff i feel like the commentary was very paramount to kind of like keep the action almost going Mm -hmm. and then when they were in the middle of like some action in other matches or other times i really stopped paying attention to the commentary yeah which wasn't a bad thing because i feel like the episode itself kind of like picked up where it should have yeah yeah, so i went i went three nice nice Moving along forward into matches, I went three. Oh, okay. Although, like, time-wise, it was a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, the first match was six, a little over six minutes. Mm-hmm. And the second match was about nine yeah, minutes. Yeah. yeah. I just felt like, although the second match I enjoyed highly, the first match, like we said, I felt never really got going. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go and then also there were only two matches and typically yeah. like you know it's like you'll go three for the number of matches or something like that. I felt like <clears throat> the second match was good enough to kind of like stay at that um three mark of mm-hmm. saying that the matches did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I echoed you there where I also gave it a three um, and I kind of did it somewhat similar where in my opinion, I, I kind of gave, I think the, I think I gave the first matchup maybe like a two 
in my uh, my opinion and then i gave the main event match like a 3.5 so i think i kind of averaged it out to a three at that point to kind of like yeah kind of kind of you know make it fair and even um but but for the for the exact same reasons as you said where uh i'm not saying like the first match was like a terrible match or anything i think yeah they just didn't get the opportunity to kind of just like find their groove together so um so that's why i kind of scored it a little bit lower but then yeah the 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 main event match i i really enjoyed just because um they matched up really well and they they just had like really good chemistry and and also like how we said the crowd reactions and then the interactions with with the with the pros on the outside kind of gave like the whole match like a good uh mix of wrestling and entertainment which which mm-hmm. I, which i liked um going into that um kind of makes the transition where I was going to give it a lower one, but I actually ended up giving a little bit higher where I gave production a 3.5 for kind of the same reasons where I think it's kind of weird. Like, hear me out. (laughs) So so as much as I didn't really enjoy the challenges as much as previous weeks, because, yeah, it was the single shot one and the the charades one. uh, I think it wasn't where they were bad. And the same time, I think based on how they balanced the wrestling, the backstage segments and the challenges. Yeah. Like this episode flew by where mm-hmm. uh, by the time I realized I thought there was going to be something else after the main event match. But then when I saw the credits, I was like, oh, crap, it's done. Like to me, like that's always good where like I'm not dragging on to see like, oh, what's the next segment going to be like if it's literally where by the end uh, and I didn't realize it was the end then I think the episode did a good job of like pacing itself between like the show. So I think for that, for that main reason is why I'm going to give it such a good score, because I think the segments were there, at at least the backstage segments were there for a purpose. And then the challenges kind of lowered it, but not too much where it was affecting my overall score. If that makes sense. I got you. Yeah. I could dig that. I personally, I'm on a roll here. Yeah. I went three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, went, yeah, I yeah, went yeah. three for production. Um, something about I f- the episode flying by. Mm-hmm. I I'm not saying I wanted a little bit more, as in like the episode didn't give me enough. I wanted a little bit more, just because I didn't think that it was done. Oh, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah. So it's like I was like, oh. Well, that kind of that was kind of a sneeze, but it wasn't like bad. It was just like, oh, whatever. That flowed by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so on that note, for entertainment, I went three point five. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like, you know, even though it was a sneeze almost of an episode, that everything fit in where it needed to fit. The stuff that was entertaining was entertaining. Like the challenges almost took a back seat mm-hmm. for backstage promos yeah because the the Derek bateman really shined in this episode mm-hmm. yeah with the with the humor stepping it up there and then the main event match was really good and then the commentary did say some stuff that was kind of like funny yeah like in between so i went i was i was entertained i went 3.5 nice yeah i think i think if bateman had wrestled this in this match even if he won or didn't win he could have had like a hat like a yeah also he could have had like a hat hat trick combo because he would have had like an entertaining entertaining backstage segment he could have had a victory in the in the challenges because he won both of them mm. and then if he had wrestled the match he would have literally it would have literally have been the Derek bateman show but yeah he was just missing like that match but i, I maybe that was on purpose yeah yeah like I feel like they knew that he was going to have those backstage segments. They probably didn't know about the challenges. I feel like they kind of let them go at it on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just probably didn't want to overload with two with the match and having two segments of Bateman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I I also gave it a three point five as well for pretty much the same reasons and kind of like the same mix of where I thought, uh the the booking helped a lot based on like how you said with the backstage segments and then yeah i I think all of them just kind of brought their a game when it came to like 
the entertainment factor, whether it be like in the backstage promos of the challenges or, or even this main event matchup where like, uh, even though like the subtle chemistry, I forgot to mention it with, uh, Maurice and Brodus were like, they were getting along really well in the beginning of the match where I think they were fist bumping, uh, Brodus was saying like, oh, that's my pro right there. So he was like really proud to be like DiBiase's uh, rookie. And then like for it to be like a 180 at the end of the match where like Maurice is like throwing her heels out of and everything. Like it just it just had like a really good like flow to the matchup and storytelling that I really enjoyed. So uh, if if it made me laugh or smile, then that goes into my uh, my entertainment factor at that point. Nice. All right. So with that. For episode 47, we gave it a 3.2. Yeah, that makes sense based on the scores that we had there. And like I said, it's not anything bad because I think anything that's above a three in our scoring system makes it seem like it's still like a a recommended show at this point. I feel like even if an episode is 3.0, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. I think once you get below three, and it's like, all right, what was low in that episode? Yeah, just yeah. Un- like what got some something that got a two. Yeah, that's what I think is like in jeopardy. A three episode, I think threes are dope. Anytime we get over like 3.5, yeah, that's a good ass show. Yeah, 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 because that probably had like maybe one or two threes and like a couple fours because it's never going to be 3.5 the whole way it yeah, had yeah. some force in it too so i think that's where we're looking at really good episodes like even this one like i think was pretty good because it had a whole bunch of like 3.5s in there exactly so, yeah, yeah you know yeah I, I agree and i think i think kind of what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast where yeah if if you're gonna watch any if we were gonna recommend any three episodes back to back i would say yeah from from two episodes two episodes ago and this episode i would recommend to watch like those three in a row if you really just want to like get a good sense of like how the pre-show the i I should say the game show era of nxt was Mm -hmm. is to just like watch these three episodes in in concession hold up on the next episode we have the oh so i had here opening matchup because since we have the next week we have elimination week i didn't want to reveal what the main event was because it it could factor in into like who could or could not be eliminated uh so i decided just to put in the opening matchup so at least like it it remains spoiler free uh Mm -hmm. so the opening matchup that we have for next week will actually be byron saxton going up against chris masters which sounds very intriguing because this is the former pro and rookie combo before the the switch up happened so before the switcheroo the switcheroo here so it'll be interesting how the former pro and rookies uh go go at it i believe this is i may have to go back on this but i believe this is only maybe the second time a pro or a a rookie has faced like in this case like a former mentor because I think we had a matchup with our truth and Otunga in season one. Did um no Daniel Bryan never got his hands on him, is huh? Not not on NXT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they drug that into like to the US title. Yeah, yeah. So uh if we're talking about just the NXT brand itself, yeah, I think the only time that's happened is yeah, Otunga versus our truth in season one. So this one technically is kind of in that same thing because they used to be the pro and rookie team, but um, it'll it'll be interesting. Nice. That will do it for this episode. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have anything too much to plug other than, yeah, kind of like the teaser that we had for some gaming that we might do in the future. I don't want to say uh-huh. it yet because it still hasn't happened. I, I really like getting into that. I think you and I had talked about this before where we don't like hyping things up that haven't happened yet. So until should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so until it actually happens or you're pretty sure it's a done deal, then we can like promote it more. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh so that way no one can call me out on shit. <laughs> hey, see that's how you do it. Yeah. Right? So just just stay tuned. If you're if you're already supporting us, then you'll you'll know 
what's happening around around this time frame. So, uh, and then similar, we have a uh, a surprise that we'll we'll get into more of the details on the next episode. So, I would say uh, you should always check out all of our episodes. But just just know in in two episodes time, we will have a very special celebration episode that will will give more details away as well. Um, yes. So that's my. I guess that's my only shout-outs and promos for this episode. <laughs> uh, what do I have? I got... What is this? I just had a battle mm-hmm. a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I won. Yes. Your boys, <laughs> boys 5-1. and one, Yes. Whether people like it or not. <laughs> whether, um, whether people whine and complain and... and right, whine and complain or they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. That's five wins for your boy. So I'm uh, currently leading the pack and wins, man. Yeah, congrats again, man. Uh, shit. I think I'm gonna take a battle. Three twenty. Mm-hmm. Four seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking a break in May. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm I'm jumping right back in in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be on the lookout for more L Dog battles. Trying to get booked in like another league, hopefully this year, and we'll see what happens. Nice, yeah, and we'll definitely um, make sure to put up the links as well when when those start getting closer to their dates as well. So, yeah, awesome. Alrighty, well, I think that will do it for for us this. Uh, that will do it for us this week. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for tuning in and. For your boy, Nando O'Brien. And you already know what it is, who it is, and how I does it, where the rest of the question's out. Nobody knows where it is or what it do, but it's El Truth. Uh, and we will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>